Welcome to Appointed. Today we are joined by Hassan Youssef. Mr. Youssef is the President of the Canadian Labour Congress, the largest labour organisation in Canada. He was re-elected for a second term as President in May 2017, and when he was first elected in 2014, he became the first person of colour to lead Canada's union movement. Thank you so much for joining us on Appointed, Mr. Youssef. It's a pleasure and honour to join you here today. For those who are perhaps less familiar with the Canadian Labour Congress, would you mind speaking to the Congress's overall objective, what kind of work you do, and why? The Congress was, uh, its origins uh, began in 1956, and of course has been dedicated to advancing social, economic, and political interests of working people uh, throughout Canada. Although it speaks on behalf of 3 million plus unionized men and women today, it uh, really uh, advocates uh, for the interests of all workers, especially uh, low-income workers, women, workers of color, indigenous workers, and those, mm -hmm. of course, non-standard in employment, um, such as gig workers, contract workers, temporary workers, and freelance workers in precarious employment across the country. Uh, most of these workers are currently uh, don't have access to a union across the country. Right. Could you tell us a little bit about your role as president of the Canadian Labour Congress? Well, I think my role as a CLC is to advocate on behalf, to all, on behalf of all workers across the country, not just the 3 million plus workers who belong to the Canadian Labour Congress. And in that regard, of course, what we continuously try to do in regard to this responsibility, of course, is to advocate as to how we can turn um, uh, jobs that are not so good into better jobs uh, for workers, but also to give workers a voice at work to combat the unfairness that, uh, and discrimination and improve working condition and raise wages, of course, to ensure workers who can also get training and more importantly, to ensure um, they can continue to uh, have an organization like the CLC advocating on their behalf. Mm -hmm. And so... In preparing for this interview, I noticed that you have been passionate about a lot of government social programs, such as childcare and disability and social service benefits. Why are these programs important to you and your union colleagues? Well, I, I think it's really important for Canadians to appreciate that um, not everybody is fortunate to have a good job and more importantly to have all of the things that goes with a good job benefits a decent pension a vacation what have you in the context of course advocating with government i think our fundamental responsibility is to how we can raise up the conditions on behalf of all workers but also to bring to government attention issues that are very very important for government to address in the context of course the COVID crisis that we're now living with I think it's exposed a lot of, of course, the challenges that Canadians are faced with across the country, and more importantly, the programs that governments are looking to uh, put forward, how we can make those programs truly reach workers, but also ensure they're gonna benefit the workers across this country, not just those workers who belong to our movement, but those, of course, who don't have a voice in this country. Of course, in that work, we recognize fundamentally that childcare is a fundamental issue that, of course, that can benefit the country enormously. 
This also can bring a sense of equality for, for women and, and parents, of course, who have to struggle with childcare issues. In, in, in addition to that, of course, other social programs. Uh, we've been advocating, of course, for the expansion of our Medicare system to include pharmacare so workers can also benefit from the fact that if their employers don't provide them with the benefit uh, in terms of medication, they will have no services uh, provided through our national Medicare system in the country. But at the same time, I think in this pandemic, we have seen the challenges that workers are facing from coast to coast and our advocacy is, of course, to ensure that government can uh, advanced programs that are going to help, of course, deal with the challenges the workers are faced with in regard to income, but more importantly, ensure they can address the day-to-day -day concern that workers are really stressed and, and worried about on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. Now, the Canadian Labour Congress has done a lot of work to help strengthen income support programs for seniors, such as the Old Age Security and Guaranteed Income Supplement. Both of these programs have had a positive impact on seniors. Many Canadians, I think, don't realize that these two programs essentially act as a guaranteed livable income, except for the fact that they are exclusively for seniors. The old age security is administered as a universal demigrant to all seniors, whereas the guaranteed income supplement works more like a negative income tax system that targets low income seniors. Could you please speak to the positive effects these programs have had for seniors and how a guaranteed livable income could have the same impact for people of all ages? OES and GIS are essential to the Canadian retirement uh, income system in the country. They are late life uh, a safety net for low income workers, women, uh, uh, workers without uh, workplace pension. And these uh, uh, workers often are, are, uh, face challenges, of course, saving for their retirement during their working lifetime. Would spend uh, a retirement in deep poverty if uh, OES and GIS didn't avail or, or didn't exist. Both OES and GIS are especially critical uh, to elderly women who are at greater risk, of course, poverty. For a variety of reasons, uh, they have a lower life-long uh, earnings uh, because women are paid less uh, uh, equivalent for work. They bear the greater responsibility for unpaid um, uh, caring uh, uh, work. Uh, means that uh, lost earnings and lower retirement savings. Women live longer than men on average, so they need more income in retirement on average. They also are more likely to outlive their husbands. They are inflation protected, these two programs. They also preserve the purchasing power of low income uh, elderly women. In the 1990s, Canada uh, nearly eliminated old age poverty altogether. Canada was, of course, an international success story. OAS and GIS uh, together with the CPP were responsible for this. Since then, of course, we have gone backwards on old age poverty and, and, and it has increased uh, to some degree. Of course, uh, in, in a country as rich as Canada, there's absolutely no reason why workers should, of course, retire in poverty and financial insecurity. At the same time, for working people of all ages, we can and must ensure everyone has a decent uh, living income, of course, in retirement. Mm -hmm. 
And so I'm curious to know your impression of one of the newer programs the government created, the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit. How has this program impacted the people you represent? Uh, the CERB has been essentially um, uh, uh, for working people. When uh, the pandemic, of course, struck, the economy was shut down. A decision, I think, was the right decision that government made. And workers desperately needed a safety net. And the CERB, of course, kept uh, working people afloat. Uh, it was essential, I think, for the government to bring in this program. The government, and especially the incredible uh, public servant that created the CERB uh, from scratch in three weeks, should be commended. Those who have claimed that government can't meet urgent social needs effectively and that uh, we shouldn't rely, we should rely on the market for everything has been silenced. Very importantly, a CERB a rescue part-time, temporary workers, the grig economy workers, contract and social, solo self-employed workers who wouldn't have qualified for employment insurance in the first place. Uh, the unemployment crisis, has, I think, has devastated uh, uh, um, for vulnerable working people. But the service help, I think, working people avoid uh, losing everything had it not been for this benefit that was brought in by the government. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people have spoken about how the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit provides a step to a guaranteed livable income you've had a chance to read Senator Pate's perspective document on guaranteed livable income. And I'm wondering if you could share your thoughts on the proposed approach. Well, you know, uh, poverty in this country is outrageous and unnecessary. Eradicating poverty is a political choice requiring political will. Senator Platt is right that existing income support program for people who need them are woefully inadequate and stigmatized, discriminatory, and dehumanizing. Better income for low-income people will lead to better physical and mental health outcomes and saving uh, to these programs. Many workers in precarious employment have intermittently work on uncertain income leading to stress, depression, and insecurity. I agree with Senator Platt that a basic income guarantee is not a silver bullet for poverty. We need to expand high quality universal public service like access to child care, pharmacare, long-term care and affordable housing. We also need to expand access to good jobs. Working people take pride in what they do. Their labor makes this country what it is. Healthcare workers, long-term care workers, food, grocery workers, truckers, these people put their lives on the front line to get Canada through the pandemic. These workers just want wages and working conditions that reflect the value of their work and millions of Canadians with decent paying, fulfilling work they deserve. A guaranteed livable income may push employers to improve quality uh, uh, of jobs, but government unions and employers can take immediate steps to meet important social needs like transforming to an environment, uh, sustainable economy, and providing high quality care for service for an aging population that also uh, create uh, millions of good jobs. We have an enormous unmet needs uh, crying out for investment. Uh, we also have to prioritize uh, these needs in this current times. Mm -hmm. 
And so as the president of the Canadian Labour Congress, why is the issue of a guaranteed livable income of interest to you and other union members? I've said already that poverty in Canada shouldn't exist. Income inequality has reached high levels in Canada. Poverty inequality are toxic to people. We have seen how the pandemic and unemployment crisis has hit vulnerable people the hardest, low-income workers, people of color, women, youth, newcomers to Canada, the pandemic, and the recession has almost certainly worsened inequality. High levels of inequality holds everyone back, leading to slower and more uneven economic growth, greater indebtedness, and ultimately an impoverished democracy. Well, that's it from me. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mr. Youssef. Well, thank you so much. It's certainly, I think, um, uh, in regard to um, the efforts by Senator Platt, I want to commend her for her leadership. And more importantly, thank her for reaching out to us. We continue to work uh, with her, I think, in the efforts to ho hopefully we can bring in a guaranteed livable income for Canadians and ultimately, I think, uh, eliminate poverty for millions of Canadians who are struggling with this very, very enormous challenge in our country. Mm -hmm.